aliens really exist? Well, if like me, you're interested in knowing the answer, but have never seen a UFO, been abducted or been part of a secret government project, this is the place for you. Join me each week as I go on a quest to find the truth about Little Green Men, debunking and exposing the fakes and frauds along the way. So let's see what we can find. There's plenty out there and some are amongst the many theories and opinions, the truth exists for those prepared to hear it. I'm Darren and this is the Alien Analysis Probecast. <laughs> Well, hello and welcome to the very first episode of this new podcast. Um, this is going to be a weekly podcast where I'm going to be analysing and probing the world of extraterrestrials. And I think what I'd like to do is just kick off by explaining what you can expect each week from me. So in case you hadn't guessed already, this is all going to be about aliens. Um either directly or loosely in some cases. There are some subjects and topics that I do want to discuss that, although have a connection to the world of aliens, or I believe there's a connection, aren't directly discussing extraterrestrial life or alien visitors. The other thing I want to make quite clear is that, unlike other podcast projects I've been involved with, which are highly scripted, I'm not going to do this scripted in any way, so what you hear now and what you'll hear every week is going to be straight out of my brain, and that does mean that sometimes, yeah, my dyslexia, which I do suffer with a little bit, will get in the way, and sometimes my language might not be the best, but I don't swear, you know, for no reason whatsoever. You know, this is not going to be a competition to see how many swear words I can get into a single sentence. But each week I'm just going to get into some topics that interest me. And that can be anything from ancient Egypt and the big old question of who built the pyramids through to some of the more modern day events that we see happening and sightings. And I just want to know if there's any truth in all of this. I think it's important you understand I am a believer. I am actually quite a strong believer, but I do accept it could all just be a load of rubbish. Facts, data, etc. say to me that intelligent life exists. But the total amount of crap on social media and YouTube makes it very hard to get to the bottom of what's really going on. The issue for me is that probably about 90% of what I hear and see across Twitter, YouTube, Facebook, etc. is generally just a load of made-up rubbish by people seeking attention. And it's really hard because if I'm trying to understand, say, are aliens actually visiting this planet, to get down to key facts becomes... Really difficult when 90% of your time spent investigating something only to find out that somebody made it up for extra clicks and subscriptions or whatever. But from my point of view, what I want to do is just take a very common sense approach to this. Look at the information, look at the evidence and see what it says. Is this evidence real? Is it showing evidence of extraterrestrial life or... 
am I just looking at another bunch of lies for someone's ego stroke? You see, this is the thing. Like I said, I'm keen to get into such things as, you know, like I said, who built the pyramids? Um, Are we actually being visited? Has human history been influenced in any way by alien visitors? Do we have underground bases? Do we have bases on the moon? Do Martians exist? All of these things I'm interested in looking at. But also every week I want to kind of get into a bit about things that have happened over the last week that have sparked my interest. So this can be news events, evidence put forward, photos, videos, whatever. Anything that's related to the world of extraterrestrials that I find a great interest. All I can do at the end of this is hope that my beliefs are proven right. But I have to accept that everything I believe in could be wrong. But the main thing for me is I just want to enjoy this. I don't want to turn it into some arsehole of a, a boring, drive me mad load of crap, to be honest with you. Which kind of leads me on to explaining what's happened before, because like I said, I have been involved in other podcast projects, but from my point of view, it became too scripted, it became too serious, and it kind of lost its way a lot. I found myself kind of just drifting around and whinging about irrelevant subjects, which was not what it was meant to be. It was meant to be a way of finding a a better way for human beings through investigating various realities within our world. But the one thing that became very apparent from it is a lot of these subjects are connected by extraterrestrials. And I found that highly interesting, and I will cover a lot of this over the coming weeks. So, to move forward, I just decided it was time to change, relaunch almost, and do something more specific around aliens, but completely unscripted, where I just chat, talk to you guys. And hence this, hence today. Now, as you would have seen, today I've launched the first three episodes... Um, and starting from next week it'll be weekly episodes going out on a Wednesday at this point I'm planning on keeping the episodes to around 30 minutes long per episode uh, give or take I'm not sure if that's the right length to go I do find sometimes three hour podcasts do feel like they're just droning on about the same thing over and over again So, to me, 30 minutes just sits in quite nicely, I think, personally. But if you don't agree, let me know. I'm open to ideas and change. So, for the long-term situation or for the long-term project of this podcast, I think I really want to try and answer three main questions. The first one being, does life exist on other planets? Second one is... Could it be advanced, intelligent life? Whether that be intelligent to the point of the ancient Egyptians, equal to us or far ahead of us? And lastly, and definitely not least, can they and do they visit Earth? And I know in theory that's actually two questions, because can they visit Earth 
is one, do they have the technology to travel millions or billions of light years throughout the universe to get here in the first place? And the second part of that question is, even if they do, would they? Would they have any interest in coming here whatsoever? See, we humans, we we do have a bit of a problem. We do think we're centre of the universe. We think we're the, the greatest bloody thing to ever be created by some almighty creator and just to sidetrack um no i'm not religious and i don't believe in god in the sense of how religion tells you i will come on to that in another episode but getting back onto topic here we quite often as humans just perceive that aliens would want to come and visit us because we're that special we're that important Maybe they're so far advanced than us that they look back at us on this planet and go, why the hell would we want to visit those idiots? You know, maybe they just got no interest in us whatsoever. But this is all part of what I want to look into. But to kick this off, let's at least start looking at some of this in the basic form. And that is, first off, life on other planets... Could there be actual life of any level on other planets? Well, the one piece of information that always comes back to me when I consider this question is a thing called the Drake Equation. This was created by a gentleman called Frank Dratine. Excuse me, there goes the dyslexia again. Frank Drake in 1961. And he created a mathematic thing, equation... Um, that calculated the possibility of life being on other planets. And although I don't understand the ins and outs of what the equation means and how it works, the key basic facts are this, that there are approximately 700 quintillion planets in the universe. Out of all these planets, there is estimated to be about 1.6 billion planets that could create and maintain life. Now it's important to consider that what we're talking about here is a planet that can not only create life in the first place but maintain it. Giving it the the chance to develop and evolve into highly advanced species. Which brings me on to the next part that's always been quite interesting for me which is that the solar system, our solar system is about four and a half billion years old. This makes it one of the the youngest solar systems in the universe, with the rest of the universe being approximately 13.8 billion years old. Now what this says is that the rest of the universe could be around 9 billion years older than the Earth. If there are 1.6 million planets out there that could have life on them, the majority of those would be far ahead of us. Potentially. And this is where all this stuff gets difficult to understand because they have the potential to be thousands or millions or even billions of years ahead of us. But that depends on when life started on that planet. Just because a planet is billions of years older than Earth doesn't mean that life started there billions of years before. I don't know if that makes sense. At the end of the day, a lot of... Um, what we're talking about here is theories, possibilities. And to me, the only thing that 
I can say is that with 1.6 billion potential planets out there, the majority of which are a lot older than this planet, I think the chances of there being advanced life out there, intelligent life out there, are extremely high. In fact, I think it would be safe to say that there's probably planets out there with civilizations way ahead of us. I think it's actually quite... I don't know if obnoxious is the right word, or conceited of us to think that we are the most intelligent thing in this universe. I mean, for Christ's sakes, if we are, then what chance of the universe stand if, you know, if we are the the example, the, the most advanced civilization out there, we destroy each other, we destroy everything, we destroy the planet we live on. Let's just hope fledgling civilizations out there don't look to us for guidance or being blunt, we're all fucked. But the last thing I want to add to this is that these figures, these, what I would consider extremely high possibilities of there being life out there, are based on our current understanding of how life is formed here on Earth. Again, with our conceited attitude, we just presume that life out there must be formed in the same way we are well who says it is science the rest of us humans well we could be completely bloody wrong because at the end of the day anything is possible so no i mean i don't adhere to the fact that life out there must have followed the same path and the same setup as we have and when you take this into consideration what you end up with is that 1.6 billion planets that could create and maintain life. For me, well, that's a, a safe estimation. We throw the possibilities of other ways in which life can exist out there, then that figure could be vastly higher, especially when you take into consideration the NASA research that was released, I believe, about 10 years ago. Now, if you want to check up on this yourself, you can go to the NASA website right now and find exactly the information I'm about to tell you. But the the simplest version and the summarized version is the the building blocks of life, the, the general ingredients that created life here on Earth, are found naturally in the vacuum of space. This means two things. This means that, firstly, space is not some void of nothing as we originally thought but that secondly the entire universe is filled with the building blocks of life this doesn't just mean that any of the 13.8 billion planets out there that could create and maintain life under the same basis as it was created on earth may have life on them it means that more than likely they do have life on them because if the the building blocks uh, are found naturally in space and as sun scientists suggest are deposited on the planet such as here on earth by flying objects uh, meteorites asteroids etc it becomes safe to say that all of the planets out there the 1.6 billion planets that could create and maintain life do have life on them and when you consider the as said, a lot of these planets are a lot older. That life could be vastly ahead of us. 
which kicks in nicely to the third question I mentioned earlier, the can aliens visit Earth and do they? Now, let's start off by comparing or, or looking at just what we humans have achieved in the last 200 years. A good analogy is the mobile phone. If someone heard, uh, predicted or told other people about the mobile phone 200 years ago, they would have been called crazy. You know, trying to explain to people, oh, you know, it's a small device you're going to hold in your hand and it can take pictures, make telephone calls or communicate with people with no wires over thousands of miles, uh, act like a map and actually give you directions somewhere. It would just be beyond their understanding. When you think about the, the first ever computer created, this was a, a computer created by a guy called Charles Babbage in 1822. This computer weighed over 30 tons and took up an entire room. And all it could actually do was do some basic mathematics and basic addition I believe I don't even think it could do subtraction division etc basically add numbers together today we hold more computing power on our wrists with things like smartwatches, and that's what we've achieved in 200 years we've gone from things like only having horse and cart etc as a form of transport to just taking things like trains cars, aeroplanes, and even space travel for granted. In 200 years, we've learned so much. So if you consider that the rest of the universe could be thousands, millions, whatever, years older than us, even if you just consider that one may be 500 years ahead and compare what we've achieved in 500 years and think where we may be in 500 years. So in theory... And please bear in mind, that's what I'm saying here in theory. An advanced alien civilization could travel here. They they would have the technology. I can see nothing that could stop them, to be honest with you. I mean, we are already, Elon Musk and his SpaceX project are already planning trips to Mars. And I think they're talking about achieving that and... And starting to colonise Mars in the next 50 years. Where do we go from there? You know, 500 years have we colonised the majority of this solar system in one way or another. In a thousand we're travelling to the next solar system along. And 10,000 years, the next one on from that. And, and before you know it, we're exploring the entire universe. But as I said, this is all just theory is it's an opinion just because i want it to be true and just because when i look at these facts to me it has to be true doesn't actually mean it is true but what about then if they have the technology to visit us here on earth do they actually visit us are they coming here see for me this is where the fun really starts ufo sightings You know, lights in the sky, numerous videos, photos, etc. That I spent the past 30 to 40 years of my life looking at and trying to see if there's any reality in it. And believe me, there's a hell of a lot out there. You know, there there are new videos and, and 
photos coming forward on a daily basis now. The only thing that concerns me with some of these is that the general quality seems to be reducing. You know, as, as our camera technology improves, the ability to capture UFOs seems to have diminished. Now, I know a lot of the photos from sort of 70s, 80s and 90s have been proven to be fake or claimed to be fake in some cases. But there are still a huge number of photos that no one can explain that are very clear, very crisp photos of what is a UFO? In a lot of cases, what is a flying saucer or tic-tac has become more and more popular today. And this concerns me. This concerns me a great deal because how can you get this advancement? I mean... I'm carrying around a camera with me every day, same as most people are. Most have a smartphone nowadays, and being blunt, the the technology in this is far superior to what I was using. Yet the quality of the photos back then with cameras that were really primitive in comparison to what we use today. And remember, most people didn't carry a camera with them 24-7 like we do today. The overall quality of evidence out there was substantially better and and that worries me a great deal and leads me to believe that something seems to have triggered a change in our ability to spot and take a photograph of ufos now before i carry on i also want to say that i am very much aware that the new trendy title for ufos is uaps but honestly that's just that's just a load of crap it's just, I don't get it. Uh, you know, there is nothing wrong with calling a UFO a UFO. Why we need to come up with a whole new bloody title for it is beyond me. But it's up to you. You, you want to call them UFOs, call them UFOs. You want to call them UAPs, call them UAPs. Flying saucers, I don't care. It's all just a bunch of titles. And it's titles that have also seemed to have changed over the years. You know, if we go back to the early 1900s, what uh, generally described uh, flying ships by people, word UFO, etc. didn't exist. And what people are reporting here is sort of the normal seagoing craft, you know, sail ships, etc. But in the sky. Sounds unusual, I know, but at the end of the day, what you need to understand is that people do have a tendency of when they see something they can't explain, when something that is unidentifiable to them, they tend to liken it to something they do understand. And within the world of UFOs, this is really quite common. People do describe things in the sense of something they know. You know, it's, it's a flying saucer. It's uh, a tic-tac you know, these type of explanations, it's just making connections with what they know to explain the unknown. And on a side note, the the term flying saucer actually came from one of the very first widely publicised sightings. This was a sighting reported by a, a pilot called Kenneth Arnold uh, in 1947. Once I've actually got the notes here. Yeah, June 24th, 1947, that's right. And what Mr. Arnold reported was nine very unusual flying objects 
flying information. But then during an interview with a newspaper, Mr. Arnold said they flew like saucers would if you skipped them across water. And this then turned into the news headline, Flying Saucers. And this is it. This is coming on to the next point, which is that a lot of the the terminology we have for alien visitors come from the media in one form or another. We call them flying saucers because some newspaper reporter came up with the headline. And Mr. Arnold's story actually continues with quite an interesting witness account event that happened on Maury Island. Now this particular incident is highly controversial because a lot of people say it has been proven that it was a complete fraud. But let me give you some facts and explain a few things here. Kenneth Arnold was actually asked by a magazine called Amazing Stories to investigate uh, an incident on Maury Island where two harbormen had reported they had found what was described as UFO debris. Mr Arnold uh, went to the island where he was given by the the two harbormen some what is called strange metal-like material. Mr. Arnold then unfortunately decided to contact the U.S. Air Force, who sent two officers um, who turned up and collected uh, the fragments, the metal pieces, loaded them on their aircraft and headed back to base. Shortly after, the Air Force were then announced that the B-52 aircraft they were in had crashed mid-flight, killing both officers. And the fragments, well, they just vanished into the archives of history again but the really interesting part and something that has kind of set the stage for the world moving forward regarding aliens and ufos is that the air force then announced a little while later that following a investigation a thorough looking to what had happened they had concluded that it was all a hoax and then promptly threatened to prosecute the harbourmen for the death of the two officers. But after speaking with the harbourmen and having them confirm it was a hoax, they changed their mind and called it a harmless joke. And there it is. There, for me, is one of the very first uh, pieces of evidence, accounts, events, that show potential government manipulation of the facts to hide ufos but like i said potential possibly i mean yeah they could have basically threatened the harbormen to admit you know that they were joking this was all a hoax in order to hide the facts but it's just as likely that the two harbormen were just shitty pranksters you genuinely were just having a laugh at everyone else's expense and it's just a load of shit and they are lucky they got away without going to prison both are a possibility and it creates a a big problem because different opinions give different outcomes and because the facts are so inconclusive a lot of the time we are left to make up our own minds as to what really happened so there will always be those that say it was a big hoax it was just 
two people looking for attention, they should be prosecuted. Good on the, the US Air Force for putting your foot down and putting a stop to this. Whereas others will turn around and say, they had genuine UFO parts and the US Air Force have taken them, created a cover story to hide the truth. And that makes it so bloody difficult to get to the bottom of most of these stories. Because everyone's making up their own mind on things. Me, with the Maury Island incident, I don't know. I don't know what the outcome was there. I sit on the fence. The information's just not enough to make a decision. I can easily see that this is genuine. It was two pranksters. I mean, not being funny. Go on to Twitter and look. Just look under the hashtag UFO Twitter. There are so many arseholes. So many jokers out there just looking for a bit of attention. It's unbelievable. But on the other side of the coin, I I can see the US Air Force doing a cover-up here. Because as was then and as is today, UFOs are seen as a threat. Now, again... This opens up another debate of are they genuinely seen as a threat or is this just an excuse to cover up the truth and cover up the information? And this is something I know I will be looking at further down the line. But for today, I just want to say that militaries around the world do seem to always jump on the is it a threat to national security? And they do it very very quickly and then you couple this with the fact that a lot of sightings over the years have actually turned out to be experimental weapons i can see why quite often authorities would want to keep a very tight control on the availability of information i genuinely can although i hate any type of violence i completely disagree with war there are a lot of nasty bastards out there that can and will pose a genuine threat to national security. There are some genuine crazy-ass leaders out there, Mr. North Korea. So, of course they want to investigate and hold it on the ground of national security, or hold UFO data on the ground of national security. They want to understand if it's a threat from another country. But what this does do is this leads to distrust and has only fueled or added to the fuel of the numerous conspiracy theories out there. So you end up with this horrible double-edged sword. Sometimes there are genuine reasons to keep secrets from us. There, there really is. But this can also be misused. And things we should be told be kept from us on the grounds of national security when there is no genuine threat in it something we should be told especially when i think that a a lot of this could go a long way to correcting the general public opinion of aliens and ufos that have been shaped by the media by movies tvs and the internet you know movies and tvs portray aliens as these evil sadistic conquering beings coming down to this planet to suck our brains out through our ears and stick probes up our asses. 
And I've already briefly touched on the crazy world of social media with this never-ending stream of lies for clicks. I said I, I believe that the current position is that 90% of what is out there on social media is utter rubbish. Lies for fame and money. Bullshit for popularity. And then we have the other people out there that just will generally see a UFO in absolutely anything. And I mean absolutely fucking anything. It shocks me some of the photos I've seen over the years that are absolutely nothing. A cloud is a UFO. I even once saw a photo of a, a car in mist being claimed to be a clear photo of a UFO. No, it wasn't. It was a fucking car, for Christ's sakes. And it drives me absolutely bloody potty, to be honest with you, because, like I said, it's difficult enough trying to find the truth. It's difficult enough trying to dig through the evidence that is genuinely out there to try and understand what is going on. Are we being visited? Are aliens out there trying to, I don't know, take over this planet or give us something to make the world a better place without this never-ending stream of bullshit that just aids to bury the truth under a steaming pile of crap and I tell you I just wish I can only hope it will stop but while people are Gaining fame, notoriety, and in a lot of cases, money from basically lying to the very bloody community they say they're part of. I I can't see there's any way it's going to stop. But look, with, with all this said, with all the lies and all the everything else, the one thing that I will always maintain is there is something going on here. I don't believe that. All of these sightings can be explained away as secret military tech, vivid imaginations, or YouTube sensationalism for cash. And just because 95% of what is out there is rubbish doesn't mean it's not real. What we need to be doing is focusing on that remaining 5%, the 5% that could give us the truth, and dig into that and See where it leads us. It's the reason I get so passionate about trying to get rid of that 95% to unearth the 5%. And that's really the main purpose of this podcast when I think about it. I want to expose the 95%, get that crap out of the way, so that when we find a genuine piece of evidence, we can get into it. We can ignore all that other noise. And I think this is really where today's title came from. Aliens don't exist and I can't prove it. It's a bit of a piss take for me to be honest with you. Everyone's busy telling you that aliens exist or civilizations in the middle of the earth exist and that's right and this is right and they can prove it and they've got the proof. Yeah, the majority of the time they prove absolutely nothing. So I suppose I best at least make you this promise. I'm not going to guarantee to prove anything here. What I want to do is 
expose the crap so we can find the genuine stuff. Focus on that and see what we can find. Because at the end of the day, I can see why so many people say aliens don't exist. That it is just the vivid imaginations of a bunch of crazies. But for me, for this crazy old bastard, life on other planets must exist. Is it coming here? I believe so, but I don't have any proof. Not yet. I'm hoping to. We'll see. As I said, I've never seen a UFO, never been abducted, and sure as hell never been part of some secret government project. I'm never going to claim I have either. Well, until some blokes turn up in a black van and kidnap me, but then you'll probably never hear from me again. But getting back on the topic, um, like I said, none of these things have happened to me, so I have no guaranteed proof. If you consider what the science community says, well, they say no. They say it's not possible. Aliens or advanced alien civilizations on other planets couldn't visit us because of the distances involved and the physics just make it impossible. But I've always found that science or the general public's opinion on science is that they forget something. They forget that science is best guess. That a lot of what we consider to be science fact is science trying to explain the unexplainable in the best way they can. Gravity. Gravity is not a proven scientific fact. It's, again, just their best guess. A very educated guess, yes, but a guess. So when science tells me it's just not possible because of the distances involved, I reserve judgment and I say, well, let's just see what happens. Now, another thing I just want to quickly cover in this first episode is the general feeling about disclosures. And uh, we're going to get answers from our governments one day. Well, you're not. It's not going to fucking happen. I'm sorry. Um, I've been, as I said, around this alien environment, alien community for 30 plus years. I've seen numerous so-called disclosures and not one of them has ever given us any answers whatsoever. It's a, a whole lot of lip service. It really, really is. What's happening is we get drip-fed useless information that is just enough to quieten the noise. Just take a look at the recent congressional meetings. Now, I said before it started, um, before the live stream started, that I bet we would be none the wiser and still wouldn't have any proof by the time it had finished. And lo and behold, by the time it finished, we were none the wiser. And we'd been given the same pointless, minimal video, that one video they showed during the, the congressional meeting, told us absolutely nothing. It was just used as a, a way of trying to debunk and discredit the, the triangular UFO sightings going on out there. But if we consider what was said if if you look at uh, there was a gentleman called mr crawford that said in the first five minutes that this topic invokes the creative imaginations of many 
And aside from all the hype and speculation, there are important issues posed by UAPs. Now, when I heard this, I was like, okay, bit of a jabber, those with creative imaginations again. But at least you're saying there's an important issue going on here and something that needs to be considered. Unfortunately, he then went on to basically let me down um, because he followed that with, I am more interested in our understanding of Russian and Chinese hypersonic weapon development. Right, so straight off there, we are ignoring UAPs, UFOs, whatever the bloody hell you want to call them, as potentially beings from another planet coming to say hello, and it's a direct insult and attack on our fellow human beings, Russia and China. Fucking great. Straight back into everybody's a bloody threat, everybody's out to get us, and we must blow them up before they blow us up. Really, really, really fucking annoys me that this always seems to be the attitude. Why can't we go into these things thinking, what if these people are coming here to just say hello, to introduce themselves? And and when I say these people, I mean aliens. Why, Why can't they just consider that a UAP could be a civilization from another planet, not coming here to harvest our brains, steal our water or whatever, but to actually help humanity for good? It always comes from a a negative attitude, a negative direction with these people. But anyway, he he then continued, and probably one of my favourite lines, I I think, of the meeting, he followed this by explaining that some details would be withheld on the grounds of national security. So this was directly following a statement made by another gentleman, I can't remember his name off the top of my head, but he says that, He said that they would need to be open and honest to regain the trust of the the American people. Which, like I said, was then followed by Mr. Crawford. And to be honest with you, most of the people thereafter saying that they would have to withhold things on the ground of national security. However, one of my biggest concerns that came from this meeting and one that... I have been waiting to come up for quite some time, was brought up by a a gentleman called Mr. LaHood. He asked, what actions are taken against those that give false information? Now, like I said, I've been waiting for this for quite some time. My issue here is that, who says what is false information? At the end of the day, if the government is being deadly honest with us, and every piece of information they tell us is fact, not a lie, not manipulated, no spin doctrine going on, then fine, okay, so if someone tries to give false information to cause problems, cause a national riot or whatever, I get it. But if I give an opinion that's different to their narrative, does this mean that I could be prosecuted. Is this, or was this comment meant as the the starting ground for bringing in new laws to allow authorities to prosecute anyone giving 
UFO or alien theories against the narrative provided by the government, which I find very, very scary. Because even if it was put in place and used in the right way by most people, used to prevent, you know, even saying like the YouTubers I mentioned earlier and the, the social media guys that throw out bullshit for, for likes and money, you know, if it, if it was used to stop these people, there will always be some people that look to manipulate the law, like there always is, you know, in, in any situation, for their own good. There will be those within secret government departments that would use any such law as a way of basically prosecuting anyone that tried to expose the truth. But we'll see. We'll, we'll see what comes of this. You know, as you may or may not be aware, there was the behind closed doors meeting afterwards. And we are expecting a, a public report out in, I believe, October um, I will check on that, and if it's not correct, I'll update in the next episode. But from my point of view, I'm not expecting any great miracles. I'm not expecting anything that's going to give us guaranteed or cast iron proof that aliens exist. I think this report is going to focus pretty much purely on the threat caused by other nations and actions that should be taken or put into place to prevent anyone providing false information as they call it now last thing i just want to say on this one is um in the last week we have also had the fact that nasa and canada have got themselves involved in this which i don't know if that's a good thing or not to be honest with you um canada has said they are going to share their information with america on UAPs, uh, does this mean we're closer to getting access to more information as the general public, or does this mean they're going to close the doors even further and nations kind of agree not to tell it? I don't know. The NASA side, well, that worries me a bit more because NASA to date seem to have been doing their own thing, um, and I think a lot of very useful information has come out of NASA over the years regarding aliens, extraterrestrials. So my concern is, could this shut the door there a bit as well? I don't know. We'll see. So I'm going to call it there. Uh, we're running out of time for this week. Um, so I'd like to just finish off by saying thanks very much for tuning in. Um, and please don't forget to subscribe. It is very much appreciated and does help. So thanks for listening and uh, I look forward to speaking to you all next week. Until then, I'm Darren and this is the Alien Analysis Probecast. Yeah!